1: Welcome to the show, 5th Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm not Dan Patrick, unsurprisingly. Uh, You might have noticed a slightly different voice. I'm Nick Eber, and I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, to talk the beautiful game, and the game is indeed beautiful. Fulham get the Express elevator to the championship as they get officially relegated, and you know, is it any surprise, really? They had 17 points. We talk about how bad Huddersfield Town were, but really no one is talking or not talking enough about how god-awful Fulham have been despite spending what is a decent wad of cash. Chelsea, City, Spurs, well, they all get it done. And I have to talk a little bit about Wolverhampton Wanderers because, you know, they're being called uh, the uh, best of the rest and all the rest. But they did beat Manchester United. Uh, That was yesterday yesterday. But what a fun team to watch. For me, Wolves encapsulate so much about what is absolutely spot on and right with the Premier League. Uh, let's turn to Spain, where Barcelona are going to have to sell... In order to rebuild, they're talking about selling up to €300 million Euros worth of players. They have quite the storefront. A lot of players sitting in it, like in the red light district of Amsterdam. Uh, we'll discuss who may be sitting in there looking for a John. Uh, Zinedine Zidane cannot stop the ship, the Real Madrid ship, from sinking this season. That is another club that is going to have... Massive rebuilding, and they're both Real Madrid and Barcelona are going to have to rebuild under the auspices of financial fair play and some of the extra scrutiny they have both have had. So much to talk about. Plus, of course, we're going to talk about the continuing debate as we wind down the European seasons. The uh, attention will nevertheless turn to Major League Soccer and the domestic product here in the United States. You know, I'm going to tell you, I've done a lot of soul-searching about this. I'm going to tell you a little bit about why MLS leaves me a bit cold. And again, you know, I'm all for the league, so please don't let that spoil your love affair with Major League Soccer. But let's talk about MLS. Let's talk about single entity. Let's continue the promotion-relegation discussion. I'll be joined by uh, World Soccer Talk's very own Kartik Krishnaya and a regular he is a regular contributor to this show all right 800-878-7529 if you've got something to say let's get those phone lines lit i'm going to step aside take a quick break and be right back to kick it off here on fifth street soccer
3: Are your carpets filled with memories, as well as
0: stains, odors, and a few other things? The Home Depot makes replacing that carpet easy, with more styles and colors to choose from, and free installation by licensed local professionals, backed for life. Today is the day for doing. The free carpet installation done right. Guaranteed. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. $699 minimum purchase required. For license information, visit homedepot.com slash license
3: numbers and now a page from the diary of Flo.
4: dear diary i got the brush off again i don't get it is there something wrong with the way i wave elbow wrist elbow wrist why won't that little basset hound acknowledge me i'm friendly i give everyone peace of mind when i protect their homes through progressive he should be jumping for joy when i walk by
5: save an average of 17 percent on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through
2: progressive
4: maybe it's me no, it's him.
2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
4: This generation rules the nation with, with version. Use the answer for the Sounds so really make you rub and scrub. Bang bang
1: bang bang all right, uh, welcome back to the show for Street Soccer here on the Sports Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. And, of course, we're also on the award-winning Sirius XM app. I'm Nick Gieber. Great to be with you. So much to get to today. Fulham, they take the express elevator to the championship, and what a just appalling, abysmal season it has been. You have to wonder if Shahid Khan wishes somebody would pass him the duchy. Well, maybe my guest will pass it to him. I uh, welcome to the show a regular contributor, a good friend, and you can find him at worldsoccertalk.com, Kartik Krishnaya. Kartik, Fulham, just awful. I mean, my goodness, and they spent a fair amount of money as well. Yeah, Shad Khan, uh, actually a fellow
6: Floridian, uh, lives down the road from me in Jacksonville. Yeah, they spent a lot of money in the uh in the closed uh uh season in, in the summer. A lot more money than Newcastle, for instance. You know, Rafa Benitez has been uh somehow working miracles, uh, with Mike Ashley not writing checks until they, they sprung on Almoron, which looks like money well spent at this point, by the way. Uh but uh, until that point Fulham uh had been outspending Quite frankly, all the teams around them, Cardiff did not spend very much money either. Uh, and then we know what happened with Emiliano, Emiliano Sala. Uh, uh, uh but Cardiff is ahead of them in the table, so has a chance to get out. Uh, Southampton has spent money in the past, but it's been, you know, kind of, uh, judicious with all, after selling all their players, um, the last couple, uh, last couple windows. With Fulham, I think there was an issue, Nick. They had a core of players, and a style of play that got them out of the championship. And there were two successive seasons where they were very good in the championship. And they were very good to watch. They were arguably the best team. I would argue they were the best team in England to watch. Uh, other than maybe Manchester City last season. But the, over the course of those two seasons, probably the best team collectively over those two seasons. They chopped and changed too much in the summer. They spent too much money. Sometimes you, you have to just keep yeah. faith in the guys who get you promoted. Although... The flip side of that, Nick, is you want Premier League players, right? You don't want championship yeah. players in the Premier League. They got it wrong.
1: Yeah, well, you know, they also got the manager wrong. Uh, you Look, I like I like Claudio Ranieri, but they don't call in the Tinker Man for nothing. And, you know, three wins in 17 matches. Uh, saw him sacked and Scott Parker coming in. But the writing was on the wall by that time. You know, this is a team that has won one match in 2019. And, folks, we're already now in April. So that should just tell yeah. you... How god awful bad they were. But let's talk about today. Uh, Chelsea City Spurs Kartik all get it done. Beautiful stadium. The new, uh, the new White Hart uh, is absolutely fantastic. A glorious stadium. Uh, and it was nice to see a response from Spurs. Although it was a gritty, ugly win, uh, they needed it. Of course, the, uh, leapfrog with their big rivals Arsenal, uh, continues. But it is exciting looking at the musical chairs for the last two Champions League spots.
6: Yeah, beautiful stadium at Spurs. I, just one quick note I want to mention about Claudio Ranieri. Since he's gone to Roma, uh, they've gone backwards. So he, maybe he's lost it as a manager because he did a poor job with Fulham, as you mentioned. And, uh, since he's gotten to Roma, they have backed up from fourth or fifth in the, in the table to seventh. They're not going to be in Champions League next year at this rate. So, uh, he might have a very short tenure there as well. Uh, back to Spurs. Yeah, the stadium is, um, You know, I I wonder, Nick, if if the stadium's going to give them a boost now this last month. There's been so much talk about how they've been stuck at Wembley uh, this season and and, and last season and how um, there was getting to be this this sort of um, malaise at the club because obviously we know they've gone through two transfer windows without buying a single player. The most recent significant addition was Lucas Moura, which was a year and a half ago now. And uh, things were getting stale, but I think... Um, the combination of the new stadium and then um, knowing now they're in a dogfight for fourth or for third or fourth for one of those two spots, and that arsenal of all clubs has jumped them. I think that might have been the kick in the teeth they needed a little bit. Spurs have been getting gritty wins much of the season, and I think uh, we also have to consider one other factor, Nick. I'll, I'll just get this in real quickly. They had the most players of any club in Europe playing in the quarterfinals and semifinals of the World Cup. So they were a very yeah. tired squad. And I think yes. now they're getting getting—they're going to get their second win. So that's why they had the swoon when they did. But now those players are refreshed.
1: Well, I, I think you make a good point, Kartik. A couple of other things to look at. You know, Spurs actually did OK at Wembley. It was away from home that they're really struggling. But I think yeah. you bring up a great point. Uh, look, uh, I think Spurs have had three big issues. Obviously, uh the squad is not deep enough. We've been talking about that all season. We spoke about that at the close of the uh, of the uh, winter window when they didn't sign anybody either. We spoke about how they were very thin and most of their players leave on international duty, come back with a knock here or there, some extra fatigue. So we know that's a situation. We know, of course, not having your own stadium ready despite uh, promises that it'll be ready for the Liverpool match. It's not ready and delay, delay, delay. That's frustrating. And finally, <clears throat> excuse me, the last piece it doesn't help to have your manager the target of every club bigger than you that has a managerial vacancy so right, I, right. I, thi- I think if you take those factors and you put them together and i know you know this isn't an excuse for spurs's uh, rather lackluster performance of late but but these are all things that you have to take into account when you look at Tottenham Hotspur, you know, one of my absolute favorite teams, Karthik, in the Premier League has to be Wolverhampton Wanderers, who got a fantastic win against Man United. Some might say a shock win. But if you've watched Wolves over this season, you would not be surprised because they're talking about how this team is the, quote, best of the rest. But I think this team is possibly just one or two players away from seriously competing for the top four, five, six spots.
6: Yeah, and and one of those uh, big pieces is Raul Jimenez, who is on loan from Benfica. They will finalize that deal. If they haven't already today, they will finalize it tomorrow to make him a permanent signing. Huge deal, because he's been the guy leading the line for them. Uh, The Mexican international, we've seen that he can hold the ball up. Uh, His distribution's good. His touch is good. And he's he's a good finisher, too. He's or 13 goals. So that's one piece. Uh, I think you're right. They're only one or two pieces away. They have played exceptionally well against the top six this season. They have some strange results. I think they may have lost to Cardiff. I think they, they may have even lost to Huddersfield earlier in the season. Um, well, they lost, they, they lost to Burnley.
3: Results.
6: They lost to Burnley. Yeah, I remember that. They have some, some strange results against teams that, uh, that sit deep, and, and they're not able to break down. But um, against teams that are going to play football, they can out-football them at times. And I think uh, uh, the scoreline yesterday, yeah, uh, uh, there was obviously the sending off of Ashley Young, but the scoreline yesterday sort of flattered Manchester United. Wolves looked uh, rampant after about the, uh, the 50, after really about the 30th minute of that match. And uh, uh, they, they're good value. Uh, I, I wouldn't sleep on them. This isn't a one-year thing. Um, obviously, the second year up is, is always more difficult uh, when you try and consolidate that league position. But uh, I, I think that they could punch into that top six. I agree with you. They are a better position, Nick, than Everton is for all the money Everton has spent. And that's, crazy. uh, uh, that's crazy, right? I'm not talking about better position in the table this year. You can, you can look at the table and know, you know that. I'm talking about long term because Everton has signed a lot of uh, older players. They signed a lot of guys that don't necessarily fit a system. Uh, some vanity buys, quite frankly. Uh, whereas Wolves seem to have fit, uh, the players they bought into Nuno Espirito Santos, uh, system. And he's a uh, coach I liked a great deal at Valencia. Couldn't believe he got the sack there. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, they I, I like Wolves a lot and cool kits also. You know, uh the thing that's funny, Nick, talking to some um newer fans, they like Wolves' color scheme and the color of their kit and they're saying maybe this is the team we'll support. Uh, well, that that works with some newer fans.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong with that, and 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 to have hired a manager that was uh, had a sign that said "We'll work for food" on the side of the road is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Nuno Spirito Santo probably needs to find a Harry's razor and quick so that he can look more of the part. But no, they've been a terrific team to watch, and uh, you know, for me, this is a team that defines the Premier League, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, because they have performed within a reasonable budget. Look, they've spent money. Don't don't get me wrong. But but wow, it's been fantastic to watch. All right, we've got to go to break. When we come back, let's talk a little Spain for a few minutes, and then let's talk domestic football. I know you're eager to chat. Kartik Krishnaya joins me from World Soccer Talk. I'm Nick Gieber. This is Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Series XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'll be right back after this.
2: Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. They want your money, and guess what? They can legally take it, all of it if they want. Remember, they sent you that letter that said, hey, you owe us a bunch of cash and we're going to take it from you. So what do you do? Fight back by letting our team of experts at the tax helpline work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. And we're good at what we do. When you hire us, you get a team of guys on your side that know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money.
1: Right, you're back with me, Nick Eber, here on Fifth Street Soccer. I'm joined by my special guest from World Soccer Talk, Kartik Krishna. You know, I call him a special guest, but Kartik is a regular contributor to to this show. And um, I think we should say uh, guest, Kartik. I don't want to make you feel any less special, though. Great, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, we spoke about the Premier League in the first segment, and, you know, the title race continues. Fulham down, Huddersfield down. Uh, we're going to see who's next, but quite frankly, it's looking uh, awfully much like uh, Cardiff City I headed down, uh, but we will see, obviously, how things pan out with the remaining six games for those clubs anyway. But let's turn our attention to Spain for a minute. Carter, you and I have said... For some time, and we were discussing this also during the summer during the World Cup, there is a shift in football, a global shift in world football. It is happening. We saw that. We've seen that with Real Madrid. This is a team that has gone from a Galactico, a Super Galactico, Super Team, to quite frankly, somewhat average. And that was in that, we saw that again this weekend as uh, uh, Zidane can't stop that ship from sinking. They lose, I believe it was, to Valencia. Uh, which was a bit yep. of a surprise. Uh, Barcelona are announcing that they're going to have to sell upwards of three hundred million pounds worth of players in order to to execute the rebuilding job they want. On their shopping lists is Mati uh Luka Jovic, Antoine Griezmann. But you know, Kartik, just like the red light district of Amsterdam, you know, where the ladies are in the shop window. Uh, one has to think that uh, the likes of Coutinho, Umtiti, Rakitic, they're sitting in the shop window for Barcelona right now, and so much depends what they'll get for them. But, you know, Coutinho, I have to think, they're going to get nowhere near the $160 million they paid for him. Uh, Umtiti refused to have surgery on his knee, so I think there's yeah. going to be a question mark there. And, you know, Rakitic, I don't know how old Rakitic is, but I don't think he's a spring chicken.
6: Yeah, Rakitic is, is is on is on the downward uh, uh, trajectory of his career. Great career he's had, um, and obviously great World Cup came off a great World Cup. Uh, with the other Barcelona players, TT there are major fitness concerns with him. They are not going to fetch the value for him uh, they'd like to. And then you mentioned Coutinho. Coutinho uh, well, just has not been uh, has not been particularly good since getting to to Barcelona. Uh, and, and I have to. Point out now, obviously, when he went out, Virgil van Dijk came in, and that's a different kind of player, different position, a guy Liverpool needed. But Liverpool has been much better since Coutinho left. Uh, Barcelona well, has not been necessarily as good as they were before he came.
1: I it mean, it's not
6: well, probably not on him, but that's, is that, that's true. Is, that,
1: is that just the system Valverde's playing though?
6: Yeah, I think um, Coutinho needs a freer role, and Valverde is trying to, to stick him. A, a, a round peg in, in a uh, square hole, but the names you mentioned that potentially could come into Barcelona, um, many of whom are at Ajax who play a similar style. Uh, that's pretty exciting actually, because those guys, we've, yes. we've already seen them knock off Real Madrid. It, you know, if they go to Barcelona, you get, uh, and obviously De Jong is already headed to Barcelona. You get two or three of those guys. I think they'll probably acclimate a little more seamlessly than guys from other, other clubs. And, uh, Barcelona still, even with all these concerns, um, they're still 17 points ahead of Real Madrid in the league. So,
4: um,
6: and, and 10 points or 12 points, something like that, ahead of Atleti. So they, they still um, ha- have uh, quite a distance between them and their, and the chasing pack in Spain, which just goes back to your whole point about Real Madrid, which is a mess right now.
1: Yeah, it, re- it really is a disaster. And uh, I can tell you that uh, whether it's Jose Mourinho or whether it was uh, Mauricio Pochettino, whoever was linked with that job, I, I think Zidane might have bitten off more than he can chew. Uh, you know, much like Alex Ferguson looked at the end of the era at Man United and, and looked around and said. Do I really have the energy at the age I'm at to rebuild this club from the ground up? Because that's what it needs. It looks like anything else. It's like a car. When it reaches a certain age, it's got to have a ground-up restoration. And it just takes a lot of effort and energy and cost. Uh, Alex Ferguson looked at himself and said, I don't have it in me. I wonder. I mean, I think that's the sort of rebuilding job they've got to do in Madrid. Because remember, Karthik these teams can't now go out and do what they used to because there is so much scrutiny on their finances and there's so much scrutiny and finger-pointing now with financial fair play. They have to do this the same way everybody else does now.
6: Yeah, and I think for Real Madrid, they've made made too many mistakes in the transfer market the last few years. And they've got a situation now where uh, they've got to unload a lot of dead weight before they start spending again because of financial fair play. And you also, uh, I, I, I believe, to get Galore Zidane back and to get him to come, come back to Real Madrid after walking away, realizing he was, the, the club was on the precipice of this collapse. I know they won the Champions League again last year, but they got very fortunate against Juventus. Remember how that tie ended? Remember yeah. against Bayern, it was, a, it was the backup goalkeeper making an error that got right. them through that. Neuer was injured. And then in the Liverpool match, the final, it was the Carious, uh error. So they, they, they probably should have been out in the pool. Well, final well hold on, here. hold
1: on. No, no. It was some thuggery. Uh, uh, the oh, Liverpool. yeah. Well, yeah.
6: It was also I
1: mean, Sergio Ramos on Salah, right? And and on Karius. Well, well, right? well, it was Sergio Ramos on Salah, and it was uh, Sergio Ramos on Carrius. On And and a, and a world class, one of the best goals you'll ever see in your life at the big game from Gareth Bale. I mean, you know, no one could, everyone talks about, you know, Maradona's hand of God, but no one talks about the other goal he scored that game, which was unreal. One of the best goals you'll ever see. So yeah, everyone talks about Sergio Ramos and the thuggery, but let's not forget about that Bale goal. What a goal that was. If you weren't a football fan before, uh, you were after that.
6: Yeah, but Nick, uh, let's not forget they finished below at Letty in the league last year. They finished third in the league. They yeah, were not yeah. in the title race. And, and, and again, this season, they're 17 points back, as I said earlier. You know, Champions League is it's a wonderful competition. It's the elite competition in world football, but it is also, you know, you can win with one-off games, right? You can win, uh, you can win in in these kind of odd circumstances. The league is always a better picture of how good a club you are over 38 matches. And Real Madrid is so far cut adrift from Barcelona right now. Uh, maybe, in fact, uh, Jonathan Wilson of The Guardian said this on a podcast. This is actually Real Madrid's worst run in the league uh, since the 1940s um, in terms wow. of, of winning league titles, that they've won two titles in the last 11 years. We tend to forget that because they win won so many Champions Leagues. So uh, they have a major rebuilding job. And my point was, I think um, that Florentino Perez must have guaranteed... Zidane, he's going to get a huge transfer kitty this summer, which means they first have to sell a bunch of guys. Um, I think it's going to, this might be one of the funnest transfer windows we've had. Also, Manchester United is the other club, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester United with Solskjaer now becoming a full-time manager. You know, I think they're going to clean out a lot of the dead weight there and spend a lot of money. So I think those three clubs are all spending...
1: Yeah, it's being reported that uh, they're going to be selling five players, and of course, uh, David de Gea—they they're not able to sign him to a new contract. They he might have to play out his last year and then leave on a free. Interesting stuff. All right, look, Kartik, I, I want to turn our attention, if we may, because you talk about the league and and Real Madrid, and you know we talk about our domestic league here, Major League Soccer. We've been talking about promotion, relegation, and some of the issues in our domestic league that have caused that have created uh, food for thought and discussion. But, you know, I was trying to think earlier today, uh, the last couple of days, what it is that um, – what it is, why it is that Major League Soccer doesn't uh, excite my soul. And, and then I kind of realized, you know, I don't live anymore in a market with a Major League Soccer team. I live in Las Vegas. We don't have one. We do have a USL team. And there are many people around the country that live in markets that don't have major league soccer teams. And how interesting is it for fans that are not vested in a particular major league soccer club to watch the league where a large portion of your season is meaningless for many of the teams and there's no promotion, there's no relegation, there's no nothing, there's no hope that the team in your market will ever play in that in that league. So why should you be interested? Yeah, well, that's
6: because of no promotion and relegation. This is the point, again, about having an open system. There is no context. There is no interest in Major League Soccer outside of MLS markets. You want to know why the television ratings are so poor. It's because of that. And here's the other thing. MLS, as they've added big markets, I thought when they added Philadelphia, because it's one of the top five TV markets in the country, in 2010, I predicted they would get a big boost in their television ratings. They didn't. Um, I thought, okay, when they add the second New York team, they're going to get a huge boost in their uh, television ratings. They did not. I thought, okay, Orlando is a top 20 market. They're going to get a huge boost in their TV ratings. They did not. Now, they get a boost when Orlando plays on ESPN or New York City FC plays on ESPN. What has happened is, even for the fans in MLS markets, Nick, there is so little uh, on the line in the regular season. They don't watch other teams play; they just watch their own teams play. Therefore, there's no uh, relevance even for fans in MLS cities to watch. You know, I, I went to an Orlando City match, okay, a few years ago, and I hung out with their supporters group, the Rockets, after the game, and I said uh, to uh, to them, um, "Well, why don't we?" Uh, Turn on the Seattle Kansas City game. It's on, it. they were all laughing at me, like, "Well, that doesn't mean anything. It's just a regular season game." Here's a, a, a replay of a Bundesliga game they're showing on FS, FS2. Let's watch that uh-huh. instead. That game
1: means more. So that's, uh-huh. I mean, right, I think right. yes, that's that's it. That's, that's it exactly it caught it. You will Look, we have to flesh this out in, in, in greater detail, and, and we're going to do that. We have to go to a break here in one minute. There's not enough time to really dive into this topic. We'll do it after the break. We're talking promotion relegation. We're talking Major League Soccer, uh, USL. Love to hear your opinions, 800 Everyone wants to say on this, folks, this is your chance to speak up. And let your opinions count, Eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. 878 7529 Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I'm on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash Fist Street Sports Talk. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue the promotion relegation discussion with Carter Krishnaya from World Soccer Talk. Don't go anywhere.
4: have plenty of pictures in your home, but you've never seen anything like this before. Introducing Easy Tiles, the world's first photo tiles made of sleek and ultra lightweight glass. Easy Tiles makes it super simple. You use their exclusive app for iPhone and Android to upload as many photos as you like. Then, they print them on tempered glass. Your order arrives on your doorstep in just days. And that's when the real fun begins. Because with Easy Tiles, you'll transform your living space with a gallery wall that will amaze each and every guest. Easy Tiles are even simple to hang. No hammer and no nails. And because they're mounted on small risers, they appear to float on your wall. Easy to order, easy to hang, and guaranteed For life, now you can save 30% on any size order, plus get free shipping on orders of four or more. Just download the free Easy Tiles app at EasyTiles.com and turn your best memories into beautiful glass wall art. Plus, save big now with this special radio offer. That's EasyTiles.com.
5: Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, It's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams call the debt helpline now 800-957-6063
0: 800-957-6063 800-957-6063 that's 800-957-6063
3: hey travelers do you want to save money on your next flight then pick up the phone and call that's right
1: body sick. I thought a uh, Little Germs was probably some good music to come back with. Welcome back to the show, 5th Street Soccer. I'm Nick Geber, chatting with Kartik Krishnai from World Soccer Talk. You know, I'm looking at this weekend's fixtures, and a big one looms. Cardiff City will be playing Burnley at Turf Moor. Now, what's interesting about that is if this were Major League Soccer, that would be a completely meaningless match. You would have two teams, neither one who's going to go to the playoffs, neither one who's going to invest much money next season. They're just going to be happy to be there. But because this is the Premier League, this is an all important relegation battle. A Cardiff City win would see them get uh, within one point or two points of Burnley. Uh, and the situation changes, particularly with Southampton going to play, uh, playing Liverpool uh, tomorrow. So, Kartik, that is right there. I have no interest in Cardiff City. I have no interest in Burnley. But I will be watching this match on Saturday because the football will be fantastic. It will be fast. It will be furious. It will be passionate because everything, everything is in the, on the line. That is why... The Romans wanted to see gladiators fighting in Mortal combat. They didn't want to see gladiators fighting with nerf swords. Correct. So, uh, just giving you that anecdote
6: I gave you before the break, that Orlando City game... Now I'm remembering the circumstances. So there was a Bundesliga match that we already knew the result of, but it was a relegation six-pointer between Hamburg and Stuttgart in that particular season. Two pretty big clubs, too, by the way. Uh, Hamburg had never been relegated until they finally got. They were one of five or six clubs in all of European football that had never been relegated, along with like the likes of Real Madrid and, and, and Barcelona. Uh, when they finally got relegated, they would. The fans that I was with. Who are, who are in the supporters group for Orlando City and are you know, crazy about their club in MLS, preferred watching a relegation six-pointer on tape because it was an intense uh, match, and we, we knew the result, but we knew how good the match had been and how much was on the line, than a random MLS regular season game that
1: ESPN was showing at the same time. So, um, right, <laughs> yeah.
6: this, 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 this uh, says it all.
1: It says it all. Let's go to the phone. Someone who wants to say something as well. Is, uh, actually, he's called before on this topic. Ray from Milwaukee. Uh, one point. Make it quick. What you got? Oh,
6: do you think that we need
1: a, uh open-up
6: spending to have a, acquire a, a globally competitive super club like PSG or uh, Man City or Chelsea? Can we have one of those teams? I think they're the ones that drive the TV global audience in general in all sports.
1: Okay, Ray, thanks for the call. That's an interesting question. What would happen if within Major League Soccer, one of these clubs uh, took a Cosmos approach and became a global super club a la PSG? Uh, I, I would say some of the problems they would have would be the same, if not more, than what PSG have, which is that because we would they would be playing in the CONCACAF region, uh, they wouldn't be able to steal themselves and forge themselves in the fire of the top competition in the world. So I almost think no matter who they have on the squad, uh, they probably wouldn't perform at that high of a level globally. What do you think, Kartik?
6: Yeah, I, uh, first of all, MLS won't permit a PSG in their league. They don't want a team because they, they've preached, uh, for better or for worse, and MLS apologists, will always parrot these arguments that parity and competition, uh, you know, uh, regressing the top, uh, top clubs towards an, uh, an artificial mean somewhere in the middle, is better than having super clubs. So they won't allow a PSG-like club to emerge. I had written an article about this a few years ago um, when, it, when NASL was in a healthier state and it looked like uh, the Cosmos might reemerge as a super club and uh, NASL was being blocked from being in Concacaf Champions League at that point. But what would hypothetically happen if NASL got in and you had a super club like the Cosmos, who then with the incentive of Champions League, CONCACAP Champions League, and potentially the World Club Cup, if you somehow win Kunkacap, um would, uh, would spend in a manner that an MLS club wouldn't, even though NASL was a sanctioned second division. So um, it is a very good question, because I think what we have seen is that Mexican clubs can attract some players like uh, Giniac going to Tigres a couple of years ago was a stunner. Honda going to uh, leaving AC Milan to go to uh, to uh, Mexico was a was a stunner. You know, not not got, They weren't in the prime of their careers, but they weren't thirty five either, which is when MLS yeah. signs a lot of the, their name players. So um, I think that was because Concacaf Champions League does have a bit of a ring uh, allure to it if you can get to that World Club Cup. Um, and the Mexican clubs keep winning that competition, as we know. Uh, but MLS, they're not going to allow super clubs. They have sold for uh, many years. And again, Nick, I think going back to last week, you and I have said we agree that a lot of what MLS did with their business model the first 10 or 15 years had to be done to stabilize the sport in this country to make sure that the league survived and to make sure there was a presence for professional soccer uh, nationally in the U.S. However, since then, they've allowed... Um, this to continue and they continue to make the argument and their fans continue to make the argument that parity and competition is, is stronger than, uh, than, than is better than having super clubs. So I'll give you one more anecdote. Nick. There was an MLS fan recently who told me that MLS was more competitive than Serie A and told me the teams at the bottom of Serie A are terrible. You can't look at Juventus. And, and the Milan clubs and base the league on that. MLS is a stronger league because it's more competitive. And I, I said to him, I think the top team in MLS would probably get relegated from Serie A. But you know, if you're going to make these sorts of arguments, I, I mean, you can't win when you argue with people like that. But that's that's the the, uh, the theme they've sold, which is parody, and which is really
1: mediocrity, right? I'm, I I I, I think I'm in uh, I think I'm in shock, quite frankly. I mean, I, I, I am absolutely amazed. Are you serious? Yeah,
6: someone told me that MLS was a better league top to bottom of Serie A. I mean, it are not the Rapids. Right. Right. Hold on hold, on, hold on,
1: hold this on. This song is for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parsi Docci, man. What have you been smoking, <laughs> my friend? Not a chance. Oh, wow. Look, some of the teams at the bottom of Serie A aren't great, but, oh, you know, how would you rate the Colorado Rapids? Right. How would they do in Serie A? Would they get a point? Would they get a draw the entire season? I mean, oh, God. You see, this is the problem. You know, people that are fans of the game, that are vested in a team in the game, and this is the issue, Kartik. We have such a huge country that... You need, not every team can be in Division 1. Not every big market can have a Division 1 team, unlike the way MLS wants to do it. You have to be able to look at your team. For me, here, it's in the Las Vegas Lights. I would be a more passionate Lights supporter if I thought that one day, Maybe at the end of this season, if we kicked butt in USL and Eric Winalda had an incredible season uh, but, uh, on the bench managing the team and Brett Lashbrook were willing to invest in the right players, that maybe we could play in Major League Soccer next year. That would get me much more interested. What you're trying to do is you're trying to create social groups. We're trying to create social inequality within football and keep those people down there where they belong. Essentially, that's what's <laughs> happening.
6: Right, and then the, the, the excuse always is, well, they haven't spent the kind of money that uh, MLS owners have uh, to buy into the league. But then when you talk about original MLS owners, then you'll get the argument, well, they've lost um, uh, money for so long, they deserve this market protection. Well, it's like a patent, okay? Let's say you apply for a patent from the patent office. Do you get unlimited uh, protection from that uh, on that patent into perpetuity, or is there a lifespan on it? And for owners like Robert Kraft and Stan Kroenke and some of these guys, it's now twenty some years. The patents has expired. They should have to compete in the free market, um, but they're not. They're not. They're not being forced to. In fact, um, the arguments from MLS fans that that don't want to see reform get more and more myopic as we go on. That Syria, uh thing I just told you—that was the most. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was the most ridiculous one I've heard. But yeah. I've heard a lot of. Similar type of comments from them about how the you know, game will tech. die if you open it up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: That is a the, well. The whole argument is just is, is specious, now, and I'll and I'll tell you why. Because the only reason. See, Major League Soccer is addicted to new franchises right now because with each one, they're getting $150 million, and they need that money. They need that money to be distributed within the, the club itself, within the, the, the elite club of Major League Soccer because um, they're not making money. There's not enough sponsorship revenue. There's not. A, there's certainly not enough television revenue coming in, money, television money no? coming in, to to make it meaningful to be in the league. So, you know, they need to supplement their league revenue with artificial, you know, with uh, with uh, what's it, methadone. They're they're taking methadone, is what they're doing, and that is new franchises in Major League Soccer. And, you know, when you promote and you relegate, you, you, can't, you can't take $150 million for everybody who comes in. In fact, you're supposed to pay $150 million to the teams that are coming up and $75 million to the team that goes down.
6: Right. With parachute is which is, again, yeah, one yeah. of the reasons why... Well, okay, so, so instead of buying thing, yeah.
1: in, hold on, Kartech. So instead of buying into Major League Soccer, you should be getting paid to get promoted to Major League Soccer.
6: Oh, and 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 as importantly for those people making the argument that clubs will die uh, if their team was relegated in Chicago or you know insert big market here uh, that 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 soccer will die in that market, they get a parachute payment mm-hmm. under a normal. Uh, a promotion and relegation league system. When you integrate all the leagues together vertically, not when you have uh, one league selling franchises, uh, uh, another league uh, uh, that, that's owned by a private, uh, private uh, by a family, at a private business, and then another league that's uh, that's organized in a different way. When you have an integrated league system, you can put in protections so when you get relegated, there are certain things that the league will do for you or the other teams in the league in the league system. Yeah. So, again, the people who make these arguments, think they don't know what they're talking about usually.
1: Yeah, Kartik, never enough time to talk about this, but I did want to make up one, bring up one last point. You know, everybody talks about, oh, the five teams that were, quote, promoted from USL to Major League Soccer. I want everybody to understand that they were not promoted because they were the best teams that played football, because they beat everybody else, because they were, you know, incredible, incredible franchises on the football world. They got promoted because they could afford to, they were in a market that Major League Soccer wanted them, wanted to be in, and they could afford a hundred million plus franchise fee. And are you ready for this? They could afford to pay 10% of that to USL because USL charges a quote promotion fee to teams that leave the league to go to a better league. So, the people that are making money on this are not the clubs. The clubs are paying. The people that are making money on this are the leagues. It's USL and it's Major League Soccer. Come on. Let's not look reality in the eye and call let's not look the beast in the eye and call it anything that it's not.
6: Yeah, and and Nick, uh, I was at a lower division summit with a bunch of lower division clubs this weekend. The common theme was that We need to have a system that empowers teams instead of leagues. We need to have a system that empowers independent clubs rather than uh, leagues. And and that includes the leagues on the amateur level that uh, behave in much much the same fashion as MLS and USL. All
1: right. uh, Never enough time to talk about this topic. Uh, we have to go. We have to go to break. I'm Nick Geber chatting with Kartik Krishna. Kartik, hang on the line. I know we've got the closing segment. It's very short. Yep. But let's do a quick take on Liverpool Southampton tomorrow, all right? When we come back yep. here on Fistry Soccer. In the meantime, if you've got something to say about promotion relegation, about the Premier League, Twitter is the place to do it. I'm at Nick Geber, N I C K G E B E R. He's at Kartik Krishnaya. That's uh, KK, pardon me, at KKFLA737. But most importantly, we're with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. So you make sure that you're with us. We'll be right back afterwards.
0: It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? We'll
1: All right, welcome back to Street Soccer. Just a couple of minutes left. I'm chatting with Kartik Krishnaya. I wasn't going to let him go, though, without having a quick chin wag about the Southampton-Liverpool match at St. Mary's. You know, Karthik, uh, one would look at this and just say, oh, well, Liverpool should roll over Southampton. But, you know, they have three wins in their last five. They're getting it done, and they are down in the relegation zone. Wins against Brighton, Spurs, and Fulham. They have lost against the really big ones with United and Arsenal. They could argue that Spurs, obviously, up there, too. Uh, this is actually going to be a tougher test for Liverpool, I think, than... Uh, people might think.
6: Yeah, they played very well in that United game. Uh, Since Hasan Hutel has come in, and I I watched uh, Leipzig the last few years, and he's a fantastic manager, they've actually been pretty decent. They were in such a a bad state under Mark Hughes. It took them a while to get them out of the drop zone. I think that they're a solid team. This is going to be a tough match for Liverpool, but Liverpool seems to have a grit to them uh, this season that they haven't had in past years to grind out results in a way that uh, it's uncharacteristic of Klopp teams. The same thing used to happen at Dortmund. They would lose games 3-2, 4-3, like Liverpool had the first few years under Klopp. Uh, but this is the first time he's had a team that's really good at grinding out results. And, and I expect them to grind out another one in, in Friday in this game.
1: Well, uh, put it this way. Going back to the last five matches they played together, going back to uh, November 2016, um, uh, Liverpool have not lost and uh, Southampton have not scored a single goal. But I just have a feeling, I just have a sneak feeling tomorrow will be a 1-0 Liverpool victory or a 2-1 Liverpool victory. I think this is going to be a tougher game than it looks. Uh, Kartik, always a pleasure. Uh, let's have you on again next week. Let's talk a little bit more Absolutely. title race. It's going to it's going to flesh out a bit more over the weekend. Of course, uh, all the, always a very exciting stuff. and We've got some... Uh, FA Cup semifinals this weekend, don't we?
6: Yes, we do. And that's going to be exciting, particularly the Wolves-Watford match. Keep an eye on that. Those are two teams that, that are really over. That is a team. going
1: to be a cracking match. I think possibly the match of the weekend. Kartik, thank you so much. Uh, we'll chat next week. You can find Kartik on Twitter at uh, KKFLA737. Kartik, thanks a lot. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up the show once again. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick and N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. The show will be podcast right away, so if you missed any of it, you can always go back and find it there. And I am with you live Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. I'll be back on the air with you tomorrow, and we'll do our full Premier League preview and FA Cup semi-final preview show. Cheers.